You were there at the Sidemen charity match. Talk yeah. to us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, went down there, interviewed the man himself, KSI. I predicted West Ham to finish 17th this season. Really? I regret it now. And <laughs> yeah, I, I apologise to you. I apologise to West Ham fans. What name? Okay. I'm going to go for Potch. 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 You're, you're giving me three per- very poor options. I don't think <laughs> yeah. any of them yeah. are going to have stellar seasons. Yeah. You know? well, that- As a West Ham fan, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, and then on an England perspective, I'm just tired about asking uh, and, and trying to apply logic. I want you to build your perfect football player. Do you think there's life out in the universe? Hello guys, welcome back to the Board Draw podcast. And today we've got a very, very special guest joining us. We have Jamie from Copper 90, DR Sports, he's been everywhere. He's got his own channel now, Jamie Talks. I do, yeah, yeah. I think me and Kwaku did an appearance on your channel yes. a long, long way back when. That's one of our favourite videos. Yeah, we yeah. look back at that, um, we're like, yeah, oh, yeah. That was good early laugh. days. But. It's high praise, high praise. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, boys. Second appearance. Yeah, I mean, let's you've been football. up to some absolute madness recently. I mean, let's talk about last weekend. Yeah. You were there at the Sidemen Charity Match. Talk yeah. to us a little bit about that, sort of what that was like for you. Yeah, so... Um, if anyone that doesn't know, I work for Copper 90. I'm a producer for Copper 90. Do some bits in front of camera for them as well. Uh, went down, covered the Sidemen game. So as a West Ham fan, like I can't London Stadium, any, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, at the London Stadium, I can't really ask for a better experience, really. Um, yeah, went down there, interviewed the man himself, KSI. Got got some time pitch side with him and then went up to the press box and watched the game. You know, super, super fun game, you know, raised over like two yeah, million. Yeah, insane amount of money. Yeah, raised over two million for charity. You know, I think it's one of the biggest events in YouTube history, I'd yeah. say. So... Yeah, class being able to go down and do it, and it was at the you know at the London Stadium. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, Ethan Bazinga he, he oh, scored. The old, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like within yeah. about five minutes, of that's, that must be outrageous mm. scoring at your your team stadium. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's just, it just seems like everything you've done recently has just been one on top of the other. I mean, you have had appearances on uh, DR Sports as well. Yeah, yeah, um, which is massive. And then we'll go back a little bit further, and we'll talk a little bit about West Ham. Before we get onto them, two Jamie's West Ham fan. If you didn't know, yeah, massive yeah. time, big time <laughs> irons. Um, but yeah, that night in Prague. Yes, talk to us a little bit about that. What, like maybe a little bit about the build up towards it. Sort of what oh, were you okay. thinking? But beforehand, were you happy just to be there, or was it always about? I experienced every emotion possible that day. Um, so I went with Copper. Uh, luckily, we did um, some work with TNT when mm. they were, when BNT were changing over to TNT, and it was um, we did all the finals. Um, and thankfully, the people in the office were like, "Right, Jamie's going to Prague." <laughs> I was like, "You know, this best day of my life." So, I don't think my day could have got any better. And I don't, I don't think I've actually said this on camera either. So, went out there, obviously had a bunch of work to do, and then obviously mm. we were going to the game as well. My day started off with going to the hotel where all the BT staff and players okay, and all cool. that were staying. So my day started off with an interview with Colton Cole and Joel Cole. Ideal. So I'm just like, all right, my day's sweet already. <laughs> yeah. right. Then from there, we went straight to like the fan park into where all the fans were. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. West Ham fans are going wild. You all saw the imagery if you haven't. Yeah. yeah. Look it up, you know what I mean? Um, so when I interviewed all the fans, got immersed in it. Then went to the stadium like four hours early. Um, and I'm just like pitch side on a soaking it in. Yeah, so soaking it in. Like I'm pitch side on a pitch that my team that have never won anything in my lifetime are about to play on in a matter of hours. So was fully gassed. 
Then went to the, uh, uh, it was the Europa Lounge, I believe, which is like where all like the high flyers go. So I'm I'm going in there thinking, you know, I'm a working class boy. Do you know what I mean? So I'm Hello. going there, think, I'm thinking, you know, put my hood up. I should not be <laughs> yeah. in it, you know, yeah. like full slap up course, like free drinks, free uh, dinner and everything like that. And I, I was just like, how have, I, how have I blagged my way in? This yeah. is outrageous, right? Have a nice meal, like interact with a few people. Um, the 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 trophies over there before we won it, so I'm thinking I could take that now. I could take that <laughs> right now, um, and yeah, then we'll go straight to the game. And the game was like cinema for me. Like I, I was I, I was worried I wouldn't be near the West Ham fans because mm. I was out, out, out there for work purposes. But I think the distance between West Ham fans and me was was less than what the distance between me and you is right nice. now. Nice. It was like you, you know like the that stairs are divided. Yeah, quite yeah, often. Yeah, yeah, it was quite like that. So yeah, um, game kicks off. Air, atmosphere is buzzing. I, by this point, I've like had like far too many beers. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because um, it's just like I was soaking in the yeah. environment. And yeah, like just the game played out, how the game played out, mm. how it ended yeah. with the last minute winner. Yeah, that's the it's, best part. It's all like down to the last minute. Yeah, yeah. So the game obviously happened. Everyone's on cloud nine. And then my night was spent. Um, I went back to the BT after party. Oh, cool. So then I'm having drinks with Joe Cole. Joe Cole's on Cole. the devs, yeah, come on. I was on. mixing it. I was like, have I, have I got myself here? You know, you so it. as a West Ham fan, I think I were, I, I lived the uh, the perfect West yeah, Ham day. That is I, like, I don't know if I'll ever top that. You yeah. Know? If you could build your perfect footballing day out, that's probably it. Get yeah. 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 The Coles. Getting be- yeah. bevved up with the legends. Your team win the final. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's ideal. Ba- basically, you've got the best of both of Yeah, that's ideal. That's unbelievable. And I think... You can't be understated what that means to yeah. a West Ham fan. I mean, you're an Arsenal fan, so he he gets, you know, he's already above that. I don't know, yeah, but we've been talking about this a lot on the podcast recently about like perspective, perspective, and like the team you support and the trophies that you can win. It's all about perspective. Like for West Ham, it, like you said, it's been like your whole lifetime that you haven't won anything. Mm-hmm. So to win something, whereas like me, I you've seen Arsenal in the Champions League. I before. say Arsenal have struggled in like my recent lifetime, but we have, I've still seen us win a lot. And, and like Lucas, a QPR fan, hasn't seen his team win anything. Yeah. So championship playoff final. So it's like all about perspective and like one night in Prague for you is like the best thing ever. And yeah, but then you've also got to balance that with like, why can't, why can't we strive to, mm. you know, isn't that the dream of football? It, it, like you can go out on that pitch and you can beat anyone on any day. Like it's not about, it's not about, you yeah. Know, and for a team like, I don't know, uh, Sheffield United, they nearly took um, Spurs scalp yesterday if it wasn't for 20 minutes of added time. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And for them, that would be outrageous, you know? Yeah. And so it's all about that perspective. But West Ham, it's been, it was a strange summer because last season, although you, you did win the European trophy, the season itself was a bit of a struggle. You sort of, yeah. towards the end, you managed to sort of starve off any sort of form of relegation battle. But it was, it, it, there was a point where you, you were thinking, we're, we're in a little bit of trouble here. Um, and then, yeah, luckily, you know, Devin Moyes and the boys pulled it all back together yeah. right at the end. Um, but then over the summer, there was always, after that win, Declan Rice basically was like, it, it is my time, and which is fair enough. I mean, he's captain West Ham to a European trophy. So yeah. it couldn't yeah. really have gone better for anyone, I don't think, as sort of a send-off. And then you had the transfer window and you lost Rice to Arsenal. And I think you've done quite well with the fee there. Obviously, I think that's what he's uh-huh. worth. Yeah, hundred percent. Very well with the fee, but yeah. it was I think you were quite so. nice about all this Man City coming in, maybe or whatever. No one really knows what mm. that was about. But um, 
then there was a long period of time where nothing happened. It was quite stagnant in the window for you. Yeah. And it feels like towards the last and couple of weeks. And that's where we window, did our kind of predictions as yeah. well. Because I, I don't know if you've seen it. I've predicted West Ham to finish 17th this season. Really? I regret it now. And <laughs> yeah, I, I apologise to you. I apologise to West Ham fans. Because that was at the point where we you just lost Rice. Yeah. You went in for Carlos Borges from Man City. And Ajax swooped in and got him. Yeah. And it looked like nothing else was happening. I was like, West Ham are in trouble here. And then within the space of two weeks... And then went, you had like a mad end to the window. Yeah, got in uh, Alvarez, which a lot of people weren't too sure about. It's gone under the radar, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there was a lot of people saying, well, yeah, maybe he's a bit overhyped or whatever. But he's been I solid. I think he's slightly overrated, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, and then James Ward-Prowse, which I think was... What a signing. He, he's been yeah. outrageous this season so far. And it's a disgrace that he wasn't in that England team for the recent uh, qualifying friendly. But then Mohamed Kudus as well, who, who is a player that's been very highly rated at Ajax. Yeah. And he's had a lot of big names sort of sniffing around him and being yeah, linked to him. for like Arsenal, Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. And then to go in Ryan. and get him, it's such a sign of intent that we're not quite happy with, you know, just selling rice and pocketing the money. Mm. You've gone out there and from all accounts, you know, looking at where you sit in the table at the minute and the performances you put in, it's 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 almost worked out and beneficial to you guys. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think it, it teaches Ajax not to come and, you know, take, <laughs> take over bit, our transfers yeah. uh, at the last minute because we'll just go sign their two best players. So, yeah. yeah, I think... Talk a little bit about Declan Rice leaving first. Like, yeah. where do you sit on that? Because I saw a lot of West Ham fans coming for him. And yeah, I get why, like, losing your best player is never fun. And especially to the London rival. Um, but he put in a shift for West Ham for four, five, six years. So Yeah, no, again, I've got no hatred towards mm. Declan Rice at all. Um, I think uh, where some people have hatred for him is because he's gone to Arsenal. Yeah. And it's like they, they put him up against ex-legends like a Paolo Di Canio who allegedly turned down May United and mm. they think hey, he's never going to be a legend because Declan Rice hasn't done it. Yeah. For me personally, Declan Rice, you know, is the biggest eight out of 10, nine out of 10 player every single week. Yeah. You know, like he's Mr. Consistent and he did it over a period of years for West Ham mm. and he was imperative for us and even getting into Europe and then doing well in Europe, you know, you know, finishing in the semifinals of the Europa League, then yeah. going winning the Conference League. And although last year wasn't um, wasn't great, he didn't have a great season either. Declan Rice was Mr. West Ham for a few years. Yeah, even, even when Noble was captain. Yeah. You know, like uh, as silly as that sounds, he was the on-field captain. Like, you yeah. know, he's been, he's done a shift for West Ham and football's about chapters. Like I, I, it, it hurt to see him leave and it hurts to see him at Arsenal and it hurts to see him, you know, singing about North London and mm. saying like, you know, oh, I didn't know football was like this. <laughs> yes. It's not really the best PR <laughs> no. like, move as yep. a, as a yeah. ex-club captain, but I don't have any like personal yeah. hatred to him. I think he, he did a great job for us, you know. And it brings in that investment. Like I was going to liken it to Jack Grealish leaving Villa. Uh, for Man City and them getting that 100 million. Then they spend that 100 million. Now they're European contenders. They've got a really strong manager, a really strong squad. They've done it it's almost a bit different to what West Ham have done it with that money. They they, yeah, they, they invested almost before Grealish had left. Mm. Whereas in West Ham's transfer window, there was almost this sense of like, well, we know you've got that money. We're going to try to squeeze it out of you. And I think West mm. Ham done well. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't falter to that. Yeah. And they've actually got, for what I think is good value, money for good players well Aston Villa owners are super ambitious I mean yeah I'm not sure if you know they also own the Milwaukee Bucks in America mm. so they're, they're they're used to punching up and trying to go for championships and they won a championship a few years ago and it, it feels like they're just a super ambitious set yeah. of owners the West Ham set of owners are, are obviously uh, a little bit different mm. whereas uh, Aston Villa are a little bit 
proactive. I feel like West Ham at times are a little bit reactive yeah, when we do things after the fact. Um, so yeah, like don't get me wrong, we got incredible money for Declan Rice, but there were panic stations throughout the window yeah. when you know we're going to buy Leverkusen in preseason, lo- losing four nil, and we're we're just outside the start of the season. And yeah. we even went into the Bournemouth game really without. I don't think we'd signed James Ward Prowse by yeah, that point. No. So yeah. it was it, there were panic stations at that point, and that was only what four game weeks ago. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy. So since then, obviously we've um, gone out and I think reinvested the money really, really well. I think James Ward Prowse is one of those signings where a lot of football fans now are kind of looking at it, thinking, "Why wasn't my club interested in?" Yeah, hundred percent. Just like James Madison at, uh, at Tottenham, yeah, that's yeah. Crazy. clubs kind of went unrivaled. Mm. You know, both clubs kind of went unrivaled in those signings, and I think. Um, it's helped that this year um, the signings have somewhat hit the ground running because yep. that was our downfall last year. We signed a lot of expansive players from out, from around Europe, people like Lucas Pakatar, Skamaka, who's already left, yep. and they didn't perform for large amounts of the season. It wasn't until the end of the season that Pakatar pulled his yeah, socks up. Good point, you know? yeah. So I think the fact that we've got these signings coming in and they're bedding into an already well-established unit, yep. uh, we're seeing a, a team that is just a bit of a nuisance. Like I don't think any team in the league is really going to want to play West no, Ham at 100%. the moment because... It's, it's it might be a lazy comment but we are super physical we are yeah. everyone is over six, six foot tall football's you know, going in that direction we are boisterous yeah. you know like uh we've got a really uh aggressive front line in in Mikel Antonio and, and Bowen, Bowen yeah. and whether Moyes picks on the left because he, he constantly yeah. rotates that position and then our midfield's just kind of full of giants yeah and it's the same for the defenders so you saw with City yesterday although City are incredibly they are the are, you know, are, are, are going to yeah. be the best team in the world and they're going to dismantle anyone. It took them the best part of 80 minutes to yeah. get in front of us, you know, and we took the lead. So I'm su- I'm, I'm definitely optimistic going into this season. I think we have enough depth um, and strength to really like do something this year. Uh, I, I don't think a, a good run in the Europa League is out, out of the question. I feel like we could rival that. You know, we've, we've shown it on the U- European stage the last couple of years. Yeah, you, yeah. Like, you, saw, you must rise to the occasion, don't you? In terms of that, I, going back to James Will Prowse and what you were saying about how your team is highly physical, mm. is there a better player, a better asset to bring in who can he can pinpoint a free kick or a corner or whatever onto a big head? And yeah. we were saying Thomas Suchek sized head. Yeah. I mean, we were <laughs> saying before the season, he alone is probably worth maybe six or nine points. Because in a game where it's yeah. nil nil and you're struggling to break down a team and you get a free kick on the edge of the box or you get a, like a corner, having an asset like that. That's the difference between finishing, you know, seventeenth and finishing twelfth, or Definitely. you know, and so being and he's already he's chipping in with not even like free kick yeah. and assists. He's chipping in with actual goals at the moment, like yeah. came and diving header against City, um, golden game before that as well. He's yeah, decent, he's an outrageous asset, and decent like, player. Where do you stand on um, him not getting that call up for England? Uh, I've got a bit of a controversial view when it comes to uh, we West, West Ham fans here. in England. Uh, I mean, as a West Ham fan personally, I'm glad that he didn't get called up. Yeah. You know, because it means he doesn't go away and get injured. Um, yeah, know, I wish that for Saka sometimes. He gets played into the ground sometimes. Yeah. So I wish he'd sometimes just get left out. But uh, This is a bit of a throwback. I still have nightmares about Dean Ashton going away yeah. on international duty and then getting the ankle injury that yeah. inevitably led to his retirement. So as a West Ham fan, I'm, I'm okay with it. Fine, mate, yeah. uh, and then on an England perspective, I'm just tired about asking uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and trying to apply logic yeah, yeah. To, to squad selections. You know, people will say about, you know, Jared Bowen not getting in the squad. People yeah, say true. about James Ward-Prowse not getting in the squad. Um, and for years and years and years, I, I would speak about Declan Rice saying, oh, he's a world-class def- like mm. midfielder. He's the next big thing, blah, 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 blah. Although he was getting into England squads, no one wanted to listen to it. Yeah, and right. then he goes to Arsenal, now he's the, ne- the ne- next big thing. And it just feels like when you're a West Ham player or if you're a player yeah, below enough, yeah. one of the, 
I say the original top six, you know, the esteemed top six, probably disregarding teams like Newcastle at the moment. Um, you know, you're probably just not rated fairly, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I think there's players at Man United that aren't as good as players at West Ham, yeah. you know, uh, and, and much like for the, for the rest of the league. But because the name holds more weight, I think they have more chance getting in. Yeah, yeah no, I think that's, that's been a massive thing, not just with Gareth Southgate selection, but for years previously. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Premier League for the minute. Mm. Mm. Manchester City, obviously you played them this weekend and uh, for 80 or so minutes, it was going really well. Yeah. And then suddenly they found a gear that no one else can seem to find and they, they tear you apart and put three past you in 10, 15 minutes. So is anyone going to be able to stop them this season or is it going to be another case of Man City walking the league? Five on the bounce. Is that yeah. five prems on the bounce? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so like Arsenal obviously took them so far last season, but then it got to a point where you're like, oh, the gap is closing and City are there again. Yeah. And it, it just, and it, it felt inevitable at a point, unless you were an Arsenal fan and you were living living on cloud nine. <laughs> Dreaming. But, um, <gasps> Yeah, can can Man City be stopped? Like, what 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 has to happen? Does it have to be a massive massive like cataclysmic event within the club itself? Does it require an injury or two to some key players? Something to do with Pep, maybe? I mean, well, I mean, let, let's look at the season happen? so far. I mean, they've lost arguably their best player in Kevin De Bruyne for a period of time. Their managers only just come back to the side of the, the stands from having back surgery. Mm -hmm. I think when they lose key players, I think they have so much depth and so much quality across the pitch. Even players like Jeremy Doku coming in yesterday, yeah. you know, outrageous. Um, you know, they've they've got so much quality. I hope they do the whole season unbeaten because I think it will be an incredible achievement. Jamie, and I think it will actually be a real undefeated season instead of oh, getting twelve. Bloody hell! Here he goes. Like here he goes. Can you can you see him drawing twelve games yeah. this year? Here he goes. Can you see him? So then, when in, the next time I go at the Emirates, I'm gonna have to listen to that. What is it? Forty nine, forty nine. Here he goes. That'd yeah. Be, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. They, they have they have more records to break. Yes. And Pep has got this unit of players that don't get like dissatisfied and kind of the throw their toys at the pram. Yeah, it? they're hungry constantly, and um, they're a problem. And I think, like you said, they've lost De Bruyne, but the depth is crazy. I, I mean, they always, they always. I said on the lost. pod that De Bruyne is on his way out anyway, and they've pla they've planned for that. I mean, they lost Gundogan and Mahrez as well, who were like two fairly key players, you know, and players who were happy to what? play their role off yeah. the bench. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they replaced them with uh, Doku. And Kovacic, Kovacic Nunez, and yeah. it, it's you know plain sailing as yeah, as, Cavardio as, as well. We're not, we're not even mentioning him. Yeah, I think I, I don't think they'll go the season undefeated. I think once uh, yeah. all the competitions start getting involved, like with Europe this week and um, the other yeah. cup competitions that they're in, I think they might drop a result here or there, like we saw one against yeah. Crystal Palace and things like that. Um, but I I can't see them not winning not, the not winning the league and I think it'll be the first time ever that a team's won it four times in a row in the Premier League anyway yeah, so. yeah. well I saw a stat that um, Man City the last four times they won the Prem didn't start the season four wins out of four mm. and this is the only time they've done four wins out of four so we might look at it like oh are they as good are they? they're better than they've ever been so yeah well, scary I, I, I just I you know I could never do it but I think putting myself in the uh, dressing room where they are they must just have so much belief like yeah. they've won the treble last year like they've dominated large portions of the season their biggest like rivals they've they've beaten them twice like embarrassed them yeah yeah it, it's kind of one of those things like where if you're in that dressing room they must just have so much belief that like, all the players probably know they've got the best manager in the world yep um and then you look around and you've got players like Erling Haaland who scored 47 in 45, yeah, I believe. Yeah, it's crazy. You've got Kevin De Bruyne who's on the bench and you're still like, you know, I, it's just, 
you're, you're bringing in world-class yeah. talents. You mentioned West Ham yeah. investing in physicality. I think um, Pep was like the the mastermind behind like re-bringing that into the Prem because that had kind of gone away from the Prem. It all become the, the a bit back like... Four were just all... Maybe now they've got units Walker, everywhere, yeah. Like all like six foot plus yeah, units. Yeah, units across the centre-back. Rodri, massive unit. Haaland, De Bruyne's big lad. Bought in Kovacic, who's yeah. a massive unit. Do you so, know what I mean? Yeah, it's... Yeah, Pep's got this kind of physically dominant. It's almost like also like mentality wise. went from being a physical game mm. to being this ticky tacker, almost brought in by Pep yeah. at one point, and then it's come in full circle back. But he's got such good technical players who just happen to be massive. Yeah, he's I mean, like, yeah. I think another one that I'm surprised it wasn't on their radar is Alexander Isak. He's mm. so good technically, and he's such a big player as yeah. well. I, and I think that yeah. would be someone who I, I can see maybe switching to. Uh, Pep would take so much of that out of his game though like not not in a bad way I think we think of highlights around Isaac and it's these these mazy runs on on, on the left hand wing I think he did it against Everton last year scored that goal which was like wow where's this player come from but I think if he went to Man City we'd see a much more Machine-like player, it's like a system. Jack you have to play yeah, within the system, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah. But then you see Grealish in that side, and Grealish is just yeah, like, I, I, genuinely. I think he gets a lot of hate, but I think he's he's incredible. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, well, I think he's tidied up his game massively. He's, he's yeah. Yeah, he had to learn to play within the system, mm. and which obviously had a negative effect on his sort of output. And I think Pep is looking for him now to rebring that back into his game. Yeah, but like you say, when you've got players like Erling Haaland who seems to just be the source of all goals on the planet. Yeah. It's it, like, you know, yeah. your outputs, apart from maybe your assist is going to suffer anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it, and for me, Man City, they, they are almost the perfect team. They've got too much depth to even compete with. And uh, we've been saying for a while, maybe the Premier League would be better off without Pep. Not, not, mm. not as an entity, but the, for the competitive nature yeah. of it, not having... The same. I mean, how many years did we used to rinse League One, League yeah. and, and like all these, like the Bundesliga, for having a single team winning? I it? know, I know what you're saying, but for me personally, I don't have any sort of hatred for Man City. But the yeah. team, the other teams going for the league, are all supported by close friends of mine. So I yeah. quite enjoy that they go through struggles. Like the yeah. amount, like, I know Arsenal fans, Chelsea yeah. fans, Man United fans that are all going through this period where they're just like, they're never going to win the league. And I quite enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. A bit sadistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. But I mean, like football's tribalism. Yeah, yeah. Like, let, let's be honest. I, I get as much enjoyment yeah. from seeing my friends lose as I do winning a game. Well, it's like I mean? me yesterday. I said to my girlfriend, as Man United had just lost and Spurs were losing, I was like, there's nothing better than a Saturday when Man United exactly. lose and Spurs lose. Check my phone 10 minutes later, Spurs have gone and won. And I was like, how has that happened? Exactly. But yeah, it's all about, you get your, your your buzz from your team winning, but you also get adequate buzz from your hatred of other teams losing. So Yeah, no, that, and that, that's something in the sport. That yeah, I love it. We, we, we felt recently may have been like delving off a little bit. Like a lot of the, a lot of the hatred is like all on Twitter and what everything, and it's not as quiet. But like when you sit there with your mates and you're watching Soccer Sunday or something like mm. that, Super Sunday, um, and yeah, you're like, you're doing well there, mate. You're one down to Sheffield United in the ninth minute and suddenly turn around. And that's what it's about. That's, that's what yeah. you love. I think it's less in the players nowadays and yeah. we see more cohesion between the players. Mm. Uh, but I think the fans, it's, it's, it's as rife as ever. It's yeah. just, you know. Uh, I think almost having the lockdown period where you couldn't be there sitting in the stand looking at the opposition fans. Mm. You, you've you learned not to take it for granted now, don't you? Like, yeah. it's massive. I, I, I went, I can't remember, I was watching a highlight of a game that happened during lockdown. And it's just no sound. It's so you can it's hear so it weird, every yeah. kick, and it was so eerie to watch. Yeah. yeah, and it like looking at it now, it's like we can never take this for granted. Yeah, yeah. It's so important to like 
what atmosphere does for football is amazing. Um, let's talk a little bit about maybe not the top end of the table, but not too far down. We'll talk about the top six. Mm-hmm. So the top six, obviously, the initial six there. We're seeing faltering signs, especially from like Chelsea, mm. who've had just a, a crazy couple of years, pretty negatively. Yeah. Um, but you've got teams like Brighton and Newcastle who could potentially be making a claim to be breaking into that top six. I mean, Brighton absolutely put in May United to the sword yesterday and Newcastle in the Champions League for the first time in however long. And they're putting up performances week in, week out against really good teams. Where do you stand on this? the top six? The top six was sort of an old school until fairly recently. You never really saw a season where Chelsea would finish 12th or you know, mm. Tottenham would finish like, like ninth. ninth and Man United struggling to get points on the board all the time. Where do you stand on sort of the flexibility of a top six now? And do you think it's maybe growing to like maybe a top eight? Well, it depends really because, uh, I mean, by the top six, you're saying both the Manchester clubs, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal and Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. yeah? Um, well, you said it yourself. I think there's clubs in there that are faltering um, and we can't ignore the insurgence of teams like Newcastle, for example. You know, uh, Newcastle are obviously going under the radar at the moment because I think they had one of the hardest starts in the Premier yeah, League. very hard, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they picked up an important win against uh, Brentford. So... Yeah. I think Newcastle can definitely force their way in there. And I think they are the most likely team yeah. to got, do that. They've got all the assets. There. They've got a massive fan base. They've got a brilliant stadium and they've got owners who are clearly willing to do whatever it takes to yeah. push into that sort of top echelon of football. But yeah, I, I, for a team like Brighton though, they've, yeah. they've gone from having a manager like Graham Potter, who was very progressive and uh, taking them to like new highs. And then they've somehow replaced him after all the controversy of them losing them to Chelsea and yeah. them taking all the backroom staff and then mm. taking all their players and yeah. Basuma leaving yeah. and, you know, Cucurella leaving. Caicedo has left this season. I and mean, they just seem to just, they don't care. They brought in a manager who, yeah. who by any means looks far superior to what Graham Potter was doing at their club. Yeah. And yeah, they lost Caicedo. Whoopie doo, like who cares? Yeah. They're just, they're playing week in, week out. And is there any reason why they can't become... A name. Yeah. Uh, no, I know. I think they're definitely going to be there or thereabouts. Uh, I think they are probably the most enjoyable team to watch in the league. Yeah. And are probably one of the best football insides in the world. And who would have thought we would have been saying that a few years ago? Mm. Um, and I think it's down to their money ball kind of uh, approach towards football. I do worry that how long they're going to be able to keep that up because we've seen very similar scenarios in terms of very good recruitment from teams like Leicester and Southampton yeah. at the years. And at one point, they both hit a, a wall and they couldn't get a a like for like or whatnot. Yeah. Um, I think with Brighton now, I, I don't really see that at the moment. And I think like you, they've got arguably some of the biggest stars that we've seen from that club come, still coming through. Players like Evan Ferguson, who's what already player? scored a hat-trick this year. How much is he going to go for? You know, Matoma on the left wing, like causing Manchester United yesterday. Young up-and-coming star, Danny Welbeck. <laughs> Danny Welbeck's man like Welbs. Yeah. Yeah, man, and he yeah. said, like, imagine, imagine he celebrated as well. I think he yeah. scored like five, five goals in total against uh, Manchester United since he's left now. I saw so, um, Pascal Gross, he's scored five goals uh, at Old Trafford and only Salah and whoever else. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. Scored. We said about this on the show yesterday. Oh. Um, that fake from Pascal Gross Outrageous. is not the PR that Martinez needed. No, yeah. Do you, do you remember last year when um, Salah did it to <laughs> It was uh, one of Martinez. our favourite moments on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, and it, it turned into a meme like where he's so looking funny. into a portal yep. and stuff like that. I'm just waiting for someone to do that again. Yeah. 
because uh, the way Pascal Gross obviously faked yeah. that ball and then scored. He's got to be one of the most underrated players in the Premier League. Like, he, he only just got his first call up to Germany. Yeah. At, was yeah. he 33 years old? He's been old. doing it in the Prem for years. Had this conversation about Solly March as well. I like, think he's so good. Yeah. I said this to Luke. I think he should be in the England squad. Yeah, I, I thought he was German. <laughs> I saw that on your Yeah, uh, on yeah. Well, we, we spoke about this recently on a, a, a show that I called Game of Fives with Copper. And... For the longest time, you, you never see his name associated. Yeah. He's just been he's in a far flung Brighton mm. over there. Yeah, they're scoring really good goals, playing really good football, finishing yeah. top ten football every year. You know, like not really being too um, you know assuming, very unassuming. Club. Yeah, hundred percent. You just assume that he's German or not English. Yeah, That's justice what, for Solly. Yeah, he's he is class. He's like, so good. As I said, Brighton plays some of the best football yeah. in the world. I yeah. would say. And he's one of the first names on the team sheet, yeah. and he's not—he's not even getting a sniff. Yeah, and people I've like, never mental. even seen him like linked, linked with yeah. a potential call up. Yeah. Like, he's not even yeah. in that list of when they like publish list of people that could get called up. He's not even in that list. I'm like, what's yeah. going on here? It's Maybe crazy. it's just unfortunate for him that England is currently so stacked with attacking yeah. players. Yeah, like we've only just seen the likes of wherever actually as they get his his, his call up, and mm. he's been yeah. almost the main man for Palace in the season at the end of last season. Yeah, but yeah, Solly March, what a player! What a player! Yeah, shout out Brighton. Um, another team that are flying, I hate to say it, Spurs. Yep. They got in an unknown quantity in Angie Postacoglu. Um, yeah. Where do you sit on Ange Ball and what he's brought to this Spurs team? Because obviously they lost Harry Kane in the summer. That is one of the biggest moves that Summer had to offer because yeah. no yeah. way are you at the end of the season thinking, oh yeah, he's going to be starting the season at Bayern Munich. But here we are. Where do you stand on Spurs and their kind of revitalization of the squad? I find it really annoying because I actually quite like Ange. I uh, hate that as, I like him. He's too likable, isn't he? So likable. As a West Ham fan, I was buzzing mm. when Harry Kane left because yeah. I could finally publicly announce how good Harry Kane is as a footballer. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I mean? same. Yeah. Jokes aside, obviously, we, we all know he's world class. Yeah. Has been for years, but with Ange, he's he's just bringing like a he's he's got the media on side straight away, which yeah. is obviously a big help. And he's just a likable character. When you're an Aussie, it's so easy because you're just yeah. automatically so likable. Yeah, the accent. He's yeah, like, oh, come good. on, mate. You know, that mm. Terrible accent. Cut <laughs> that one out. Um, but yeah, I've, either way, I think it helps that he's so likable as a manager and they've hit the ground running. You know, yeah. like I, I spoke about it earlier, James Madison's come in and looks like he's the new main man at what Tottenham signing, now. Yeah. Obviously, they've... They're, they're there or thereabouts. You know, it helps when players that have been struggling like Richarlison and Kulisevsky go and get yeah. the winning goals Someone for like you. Someone as well who didn't really get a yeah. last season. He's been imperious for them. Uh, Odogi yeah. as well. Yeah. He's been really Now looks good. like a completely new player. He looks like the player that was Sacedo yeah. before Sacedo, you know, at, yeah. at Brighton. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Angeball. Yeah. Um, I can see Tottenham doing really, really well. Um, yeah, Sadly, but yeah. Sadly, yeah. Exactly. I'm intrigued to see if they hit a bad spell, how he'll cope with a bad spell, how this team will cope with a bad spell. Because obviously that's like, when we were talking about Brighton, just beating Man United. Man United are in that bad spell right now. I'd yeah. say last season as a whole was quite good for Man United. They got a trophy, they got top four. Yeah. So Ten Hag didn't really have any major negative PR apart from the Cristiano Ronaldo situation. But this season he's had like a whole bag of things to deal with. Mason Seems Greenwood, like Sancho, week. Anthony, um, and now bad form as well. And he's not really handling the media very well. So I'd be intrigued to see how Ange handles yeah. a bad It's, it's an example of how having the media on your side is so yeah. is so important because you go back to, if you was to put the first press conference of Ten Hag 
next to Ange together. Yes. It's like Ten Hag was in a suit that didn't really fit him. Mm. It was very edgy, very standoffish. Yeah, it was a little bit prickly. Yeah, yeah very prickly. And that's obviously going to put people on their feet, mm. you know. And then you look at Ange and it's just like, you know, it's laid back, yeah. Australian guy. Football, you know what I mean? It's, I think it's so, so important. So then when Manchester United have all the issues that they have off the pitch yep. and on the pitch, those things just get blown up into, you know, 10, ten times yeah. bigger. Oh, obviously because it's Man United, they're arguably yeah. the biggest club in the world. But yeah, yeah. I think it's just, it just shows how managerial approaches towards media can actually change the outcome of 100%. how you're perceived in the media, you know? Yeah, yeah I, and I think... He has had a little bit of a rough patch at the beginning of the season. He, I mean, they brought in Mason Mount and he's been injured. Varane's been injured. Luke Shaw's been injured. Yeah. Uh, mm. Tyreek Malassia as well. It, it, uh, they brought in Rasmus Hojland as well and he's only just started yesterday. Yeah. And that was a position that they, I mean, they had about Veghorst in last uh, season. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, that goes to tell you everything. And then obviously Anthony and Sancho, it, it just seems like... And Greenwood as well. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 what what can he do apart from just try and manage the fire that is going on at the minute? Yeah. And maybe, and like, it could be so pivotal to him to have a run of two or three wins on the bounce because you, then you'll see the whole... Yeah, the, the whole, vibe yeah, change. The whole yeah, yeah. Ch- vibe will change. And then suddenly you're getting back. Oh, you've got Mason Mount back. He might pop in with a goal. And suddenly, oh yeah, he looks like a real good asset for yeah. us. Or you get Varane in. And then suddenly they're, they're not shipping, yeah. you know, two goals a game or whatever. Well, Nothing. what I will say yeah. is like yesterday, although they were played off the park by Brighton, it was just that. Yeah. It, it wasn't uh, a side that looked they that they weren't giving effort or trying for the club yeah, or playing yeah. for the badge or stuff like that. So I don't think Man United fans should be too worried. I think they just came up against a Brighton side yeah. that are... Red hot. Red hot. Red yeah. hot, you said yeah. it best. Yeah. Um, but on Rasmus Hoyland, though, like uh, when you talk about their signings, he was one player that I was really uh, unsure of because yeah. I think, you know, he didn't have the best um, record mm. in, in Italy. I think it's called like nine in 30 nine in or like something. 30 something yeah. So I thought to myself, I was thinking, how is, is he going to be the main man? But, you know, seeing the way he conducts himself, especially yesterday and then on the in- international break, I'm not sure if you saw it, there's a clip of him with the megaphone talking to the oh, fans no. okay. and stuff. You can really see that he's like a young guy yeah. that actually carries himself well and may have some character. Yeah, may... I think he's a good signing. He like looks, you, I was I was unsure, but when he had his cameo against Arsenal, he looked impressed. really good. Yeah. And yeah, I think once he gets in the flow, I mean, yesterday and like you said, the out, didn't he? United start getting a couple of wins on the bounce. The the, the whole change. the sort of equation is there for them. They have they've replaced De Gea with a keeper that can play with his feet. I do watch Onana and he makes me nervous. <laughs> and I and he's had he hasn't had the best luck in front of uh, well defending his goal. Yeah, but you can Apparently tell he's, he's faced ten shots and conceded seven goals. I th- but yeah. but like obviously what he's going to bring to the team is going to allow him to start building plays so much deeper than yeah. they were having to literally skip to like Ericsson and Casemiro to start building play from because you had literally like. Maguire or, not, or like Lindelof next to Martinez because Moran was always injured. Yeah. And so hopefully when they get it all back together, well, hopefully for Man United fans, they can actually start to see all the pieces come together and we might see a team like uh, Ten Hag's Ajax side, mm. which done so well in European competitions and obviously in the Eredivisie. But for me, it, it's, it, it, we can't judge them too quickly because that is not the finished product there. They've literally, their striker that they signed for however much it was, like near 70 million, He's only had one full game. He didn't even finish the game, did he? You saw the Man United fans booing when he got subbed off. But I mean, when they do have that full strength side of the pitch, I think that's when we can really judge them for, sort of for what Ten Hag can do. I don't care. I think Ten Hag is going to be the first manager to be sacked 
You think? Yeah, and I'm going to put that question to you. Who do you think... Ooh. I know we've already lost Lopetegui, but that was kind of like a I'm leaving situation rather than a sacking. Who do you think is going to be the first manager's head on the chopping block? This might be a bit of a cop-out, but with Everton's new ownership... Mm, yeah, I saw I that. I feel like Sean Dyche could be uh, one of the first managers to lose their job. You know you, you know what it's like when clubs get taken over? Yeah. Uh, they want to kind of reinvent the club in their own image. Yeah, it's like Bournemouth. 7 as well have like a history of yeah. from clubs that they, yeah, they yeah. currently own. Yeah, it's like Bournemouth when they let Gary O'Neill go. We thought he was doing pretty decent at Bournemouth, but they got rid of him, got Ariola in. and I mean, Wolves look quite good against yeah. Liverpool. For, you know, Pedro Neto was unbelievable yeah. for them. Yeah, I agree with you, actually. Gary O'Neill has looked really good this year. Um, I will say Sean Dyche, though. Okay. Regret, oh, regretfully so. Uh, Heckenbottom at Sheffield United. Such a, that's that's such a bigger cop out. Cop out, than, cop out I, I can't. See, I mean, if I'm not going for him, take a leap, Luke. Then, a leap of faith. Oh, a leap of faith. Um, I said um, Ten Hag just mainly because I don't like United, and I just don't think he has imparted his style of play. He's been there a year and a half, and I was saying to Luke on the train here, I don't think I've seen them properly dominate a game of football. Maybe like one, they dominated Newcastle in the FA Cup final, which I thought was quite surprising. Mm. But apart from that, I can't really remember a game where I've seen them and been like, oh, they look really good. What I would say is I think Ten Hag is doing a very good job of managing Man United uh, mm. in, in regards to... It's a hard it's, job. It's his dressing room as well. Yeah. Like he's made big decisions. Uh, you know, We can't disregard the fact that they finished top four last year yeah. and got to two cup finals, winning one of them and then losing... Thinking? I am thinking, but losing to obviously City. Yeah, um, De Gea made the uh, the the error yeah. early on in the game. What happened? De Gea is out of the club. Yeah. Club stalwart. Club, you know, club icon for the yeah, last yeah, ten yeah. years. So he's made some big decisions, and he has. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, dead weight that he's had to move out the door as well. You know, yeah. he's still got players at the club that he clearly doesn't want there. Yeah, but I don't. I don't, I just can't see him. Yeah, it sad. would be ballsy. Yeah, it would be ballsy from United to let him go. My name. Okay, go I'm going to go for Potch. 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 Because oh, I think God. it could it could very well click and Chelsea will start flying. And we saw, I think their, their best performance was against Luton, which isn't saying too much, but you saw Malagusto and Raheem Sterling doing bits. I think Reese James is almost a write-off at this point. I, I hate to say it because I think he's an unbelievable oh, player. You're talking about their club captain, mate. Yeah, I but, think he's a write-off. But he, he, he's made of like sticks. I don't know. I feel yeah. I, he's such a good football player. So, so good. Yeah. And he, he and in my opinion, he could have been the best right-back in the world. But like sometimes players do get recurring injuries. That that is that is what you have to deal with. Like That is mm. what it is. Um, but yeah, Pochettino, if, if it doesn't happen by January, I think it could be a very quick, swift turnaround. Mm. And I don't, I don't know who they're going to go for, but, you know, they, they seem to have the money. Zerby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did say. Well, that's what I said. If Man United uh, sacks Ten Hag, they just throw all the money at the Zerby. But, but yeah, I, I, for me, the Sheffield United one is obviously the biggest yeah, cough out ever. Cop but yeah, um, yeah, Poch, I mean, can Poch make it work at Chelsea? Does he have all the right tools there? Or is it too much of a job? With with Chelsea, I feel like the only consistency at that club is the inconsistency. Yeah. Uh, there's too many question marks around that club right now in terms of will players perform. Mm. I do think they have some genuinely world-class yeah. players. You know, pl Players like Rhys James, who just can't keep fit. Enzo looks like a Baller, one, yeah. one of the best centre mids in, in the league. Um, but then out, outside of that, they've got players that are a little bit too inconsistent and a lot of question marks. Um, if it does go right, it's going to go right. You know, it's going to yeah. go right in a very big way. 
Uh, but currently, I just can't see any light at the end of the tunnel for Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, in the Bowley era, it's just been, like you said, inconsistency upon inconsistency upon inconsistency. And all they've done is spend money. And I was saying to Luke, so in the Luton game, I looked at their bench and for a billion spent, I was like, there's no one there that reflects that one yeah. billion pound spent. You've got to look at net spend as well. I mean, they've offloaded a lot of players have, and things yeah. like that. Um, but again, we, I, I'm completely with you. I just, I think they've, they're one of the only teams in the league where I look at their transfer kind of window. Mm. And I think there's no cohesion between the signings yeah. that they're making. You know, the Cole Palmer transfer. Like, so weird. Great player. Yeah. But like, how, where where does he play? Where does that you come know, from? Like, yeah. does he Especially play when as, yeah. they paid 45 million for him. James Madison, not that maybe Chelsea don't need James Madison, but for Madison to cost 40 million and you're spending 45 on Cole Palmer, who's probably had five Premier League appearances, is crazy. And, yeah. I, and I love Cole Palmer. Yeah, I think he's he started the season on fire, obviously yeah. scored um, in Community the Community Shield, Shield yeah. scored in the Super Cup as well for mm-hmm. City. Yeah, he's a good like, player. Clearly the, a very good player. Euros, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just think to myself, I think there's no cohesion between some of the signers that they have. So it's almost like they sit there and this is obviously super, this is clearly what they know. If they do do this, I'm very worried, but they clearly look at a player and go, he's good, Let, let's yeah. go buy him. And then they, it's almost They worry like, about fitting them in later, don't yeah, they? Yeah, it's like, it's like after the fact. So I, I think, is, is Poch signing these players? Is it Bowley? Mm. Like, it's just a confusing one for me. Um, yeah. it, it stinks of like FIFA career. <laughs> like, yeah. He got the takeover or something. Yeah, you sign just... all the best 19-year-olds in the world and then three years later, they're all the best players in the world, regardless yeah. if they play well or not. You know, like yeah. that's how it feels like at Chelsea right now. You know, I've got Chelsea fans... Well, I, well, I've not got my sorry. I see him on on Twitter and everywhere saying, "Oh, Nicholas Jackson is going to be one of the best strikers in the league." But it's like, on what basis? Yeah, where have you, you got know? that from? Yeah, I We've, mean, he, he's Nicholas missed Jackson like, already like four or five clear cut chances. Uh, there was one where I think he put it over the bar from about three yards out. Yeah, yeah. it was impressive. Yeah, the, the last game against Notts Forest, they needed a goal. They were one 0 yeah. down. You know, after after um, Alanga scored. Yeah, um, and yeah, he, he skied it. Like clearly, he's a, there, there, there's a player in there, but. How often have we seen players in there that yeah. have never arrived? I mean, yeah. that Chelsea are just sort of doomed with that that striker yeah, squad. Aren't they? I mean, spot, yeah. you go back to like maybe Diego Costa is like the last mm. pretty decent one they actually had. I mean, they failed to make it work with like Lukaku, Obama Young. They brought in as well. That yeah. was a weird one. But yeah, it just seems like there's a lot, a lot going on at Chelsea without seeing enough on the pitch. Yeah. And there have been points where you can say, right, they look like a team now. They're starting to come together. And I think they had a really good preseason and a lot of people were quite excited about them. But the minute it mattered, it it just seems it, it doesn't seem to reflect on the pitch what everyone is saying around the club. I think and they it, lost in Kunku as well, which is obviously huge, a yeah. blow just before the season. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I mean, there are there are really good players there. Like, I think Badishile is a really good uh, defender. Been injured. And, yeah, Enzo is obviously he's a world world class midfielder. He, he and you can even if the, the results aren't coming for his club, yeah, you can look at him and say he's he's an elite midfielder. Um, but then you've got players like Michaela Mudrik who, what, what, what what's happened there? Like he's gone from playing against like Chernobyl's finest where he looks really good, and then he's suddenly playing in the Premier League and he looks well out of his depth. I mean, for Ukraine, he looks quite all right. Yeah, and it's, so in the under twenty one uh, World Cup, over, was it World Cup or Euros? Euros. Euros, Euros yeah. um, Obviously, England ended up winning it, but he looked really, really good in good, that yeah. tournament. Um, and I thought to myself, and then he scored a really good goal against Brighton in yeah. preseason as well. And, you know, I was investing stock in um, Mudrick before the start of the season, thinking like, you know, this is when yeah. he's going to arrive. Um, but yeah, it's just not happened for him yet. No. It's, uh, and this is what I mean by, by Chelsea. There's so many question marks over all of their players. They're waiting for these players to eventually arrive. Yeah. Um, and it's like, 
well, at some point, some of them have to. Yeah, yeah. You know, they can't, can't keep rely, waiting. Yeah. They can't rely on a Raheem Sterling to, you know, you know, be be, be performing. And we've seen some of the best Raheem Sterling at Chelsea this season yeah. so far, but we can't rely on that for 38 match days. There needs right. to be our other players. No, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. But my opinion is if it doesn't click soon, January, I think it could be a... Uh, <laughs> Podge. It could be Poch out. Could be Poch. I feel I feel for Poch because it's like it's a job that obviously it's a Chelsea job. Potter couldn't turn it down, but that also also came with like why are they getting rid of Tuchel? Mm. And then suddenly he, he Poch, uh, Potter's left, Lampard's taken over. That was always doomed to sort of doomed to fail. Yeah. And then they brought in Pochettino after being linked with uh, Nagelsmann, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, it, it seemed like a big job. A lot of people were saying like, was he actually won? You know, what What has he achieved? And uh, you go back to taking Spurs to a Champions League final, what was it, like a second place finish in the Premier League? Mm. And then he went over to PSG and... Didn't do well. Didn't do too well, no. And it's almost hard to fail there, but you're almost set up to but fail did, unless yeah. you win the Champions League with PSG. And I feel like he's walked into another job here where unless he can get something going very quickly, it's going to be another dent on that CV. And I, and mm. I, I, I struggle to see how he can make it work like that because it's, it's too much going on. I mean, he was asked about, um, what was it, the player, he was asked about a player. Oh, he was about, asked about Malang Sar. Yeah, Malang Sar. just acted who? like he didn't know Malang Sar was in the squad. But yeah, it's so weird. I really care. Fuck Chelsea. Um, <laughs> um, I've got a question for you. You said you'd invested stocks in Mikhail Mudrik pre-season. Yeah. We actually posed this question to Don Robbie when we had him on the pod. Three flops from last season. Mudrik, Anthony and Richarlison. Rank them for me. In terms of like who you think gonna have the best is season. gonna have the best season, then middle, then who is the stinker of the three? Who is the middle player again, sorry? Anthony, Richardson, and Madrick. I mean, we don't know what's going on with Anthony Ooh. at the minute. Yeah, so. Anthony's probably a wobbly one now, but let's put let's put Anthony as, as third. Yep. Um Yeah, he stinks though, doesn't he? He's rubbish. Only because we don't know if he's gonna play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Mudrick, I would say second. And annoyingly I'll put Richardson first. I think I, I said Richardson is my pick because I think he's got all the, yeah, he's got everything there right now to succeed, and I think we've seen him before, especially Brazil. He's actually quite a prolific goal scorer for Brazil. Mm. I know he came off crying the other day, <laughs> yeah. but he's obviously in a really tough place at the minute where he mm. he just can't seem to make anything work for him. Yeah, and it's a dangerous cycle where players do get into their own heads and they try and force it too much to yeah. make it work. It's like the Havertz situation, yeah. but yeah. he's obviously been the lead of a massive comeback against Sheffield United for them, scoring uh, the header and then getting mm. the assist for the winner. Yeah. I think he's got all the all the capability there to succeed. Yeah, uh, well, we, we've I seen him come out as him. well. Sorry, yeah. we've, we've seen him come out and say that he's obviously seeking uh, like mental mm. health help to try and get you know probably speaking to a, a sports psychologist yeah. to try and get that sort, sort side of the game down. And you can always say that's one part of his game that may have been a little yeah. bit lackluster, where he might be a bit petulant at times. Mm. So if he he can get that you know that help that he yeah. clearly wants and needs, uh, you know, fair play to him for coming up publicly saying that I think he has all the attributes to obviously be yeah. successful at Tottenham especially because without Harry Kane someone has to score the goals and those yeah. goals are prob- probably going to be dispersed across the squad yeah 100% um, for Son. So yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah I'm saying he's petulant I remember him coming on against uh, Chelsea at the Battle of the Bridge Yeah, and him coming on was like the spark that set the plays Chelsea, apart yeah, yeah. He, he was clattering in for tackles and he was getting right in front of his faces yeah he is, he I, is I, I like guy. him I, like I hate him. him but if he was on my team you can't not, you got to back it you not back it yeah. Uh, yeah. still though I don't, like again you're, you're giving me three per- very poor options I don't think <laughs> yeah. any of them yeah. are going to have stellar seasons <laughs> yeah you know? well that was the do you, gem do you, the not, do you not think you're get, you can get like 15 goals this season I don't think you'll make 10 no I don't think so 
no. I think so. I didn't have I had him second because I didn't really know how Angeball was going to go. But now I'd probably have him top. I had Madrid top in mind. Jamie, I've got an interesting question for you. Converting back to West Ham. Yeah. I want you to build your perfect football player, but it can only be current or past West Ham players. So you've got to pick your left foot, your right foot, your strength, speed, skill, and IQ. Oh. One attribute from each player. Start with left foot. Um, I will go with Jared Bowen, left foot. Jared Bowen, left foot. Okay, okay. Right foot. I'm going to make a cool little animation of this person that Jamie builds. <laughs> Hang on, let me double check. I need to just make sure I'm not, not being silly. Jared Bowen is left-footed. I think he plays on the right wing right. cuts in, so yeah, I yeah, back I'm, it. I'm, oh, mate, can I Google that? What was Demi, yeah. Demi Pyatt? Yeah, I was going to say Demi Pyatt, but oh. what foot is Pyatt? Oh, mate, we've, we've messed this up. <laughs> oh, that's all right. No. Mate, one sec. I want to double check. It's all right, we can... Because he cuts in and always shoots on his left, but he's one of the most one-footed players that West Ham has. He's a left... Yeah, left-footed. Yeah, he's left-footed, I was going to say. Right. Yeah. Right-footed, I will go uh, Demi Pike. Right Very side. nice. Okay. Shall I restart that for you? No, yeah, fine. Yeah, we can, yeah, we, we, we can edit this around. So, left foot, Jared Bone. Right nice. foot, Demi Pike. Very good. So that's the feet That's done. the feet done. Right. What else was there? IQ. Football in IQ. Oh, can I pick the same player as well? I can't, can I? No. no. Are you going to go Demi Pike again? Oh, I will go with... Lucas Pacatar. I was going to say Lucas Pacatar. Good. Luke, I had two names in my head, but I don't know what the next questions Good. are. Okay. So we've got left foot, right foot, and then we've got IQ. Strength. And the other one Ooh. is speed and skill. So strength. Oh. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you the same question, but QPR, and then right. we'll do an Okay, one. let's go. I will go... Mikel Antonio. Good strength. Ooh. Yeah, that's him to a T, isn't it? What, what a guy. For strength. Yeah. Yeah. Speed. Oh, speed. Oh, man, you're killing me. Speed. We're not known for speed. I would say Ryan Fredericks. Good. Yeah, yeah. I like Ryan Fredericks. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a decent one. I was yeah. going to say, like, maybe Antonio for speed as well. Can't like, too. I can't, yeah. I can't too, double yeah. up. I can't double I just up. I can't even think of another speed guy. Yeah. Maybe Mohamed Kudus. Oh, He's the only guy, but yeah. like he hasn't shown it enough yet, so I wouldn't want to pick him. Skill. Ah, oh, you've killed me. Whoa. Are you going to go Pacatar? Or, or Payet? Yeah, it's a couple. Um, I will go with Joe Cole. No, yes. Oh, that's an outrageous. Joe Cole, what a player, He was man. so underrated. <laughs> yeah, I had kind of like an epiphany the other night when I just kind of dawned on me how good Joe Cole actually was. And yeah, I think I never really backed him well enough. Luke, let, um, oh. I can't remember what they all were. Yeah, like, yeah. Left foot. For QPR. I'm struggling to think of like a, a left footed. Um, for me, I re we got a signing recent, uh, like last season who has gone under the radar for, for, for a lot of people, but I, I like Kenneth Powell. Kenneth Powell is my left foot. Yep. <laughs> right foot. I really got Charlie Austin. Yeah, nice. Um, footballing IQ. For me... I'm not going to go like way back and be like Stan Bowles. Uh, I'll go for Alejandro Fowlin. Yeah, good. I like him. Um, strength. Oh, uh, Clint Hill. Good. Clint Hill. Um, speed. Speed. Um, we did have Carl Walker on loan. You can have Carl Walker if you want. I'll back yeah, that. Oh, yeah, Carl that. Walker. You can't beat, can you? 
And then I think I know who you're going to put for skill. Bobby Zamora. No, <laughs> Adel Tarat. What a guy. Be, it's got to be guy, Adel Tarat. What a guy, what a guy. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really, right, yeah. For your Arsenal one, yeah? Right, I've had a quick ponder. Left foot. Robin Van Persie. Fucking but Robin Van Persie. Okay. Man United legend. What about Kozola, no? No, nah, I'd probably still say Robin Ooh, Van Persie. Okay. Actually, scrap that. Lucas Podolski. Oh, rocket of a left foot. Mate, he was outrageous. Mm. He was so yeah, good. Go Lucas Podolski. I think he's still playing. Yeah, probably in some... In Japan or something. Strange league, yeah. Um, right foot. Ooh, right foot. I'm going to go... Oh. Alexis Sanchez. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, strength. Diaby. The four games he played a season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's my guy. The injury, the injury table. Oh, Over Vieira, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Diaby was so... It's so sad, his career. Speed. Speed, Theo Walcott. Well, yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, skill. Skill, I'm going Thierry Henry. Oh, yeah. And then IQ. Mesut Ozil. Yeah. Over Bergkamp. Yeah. Oh, Ozil was different. Ozil was different. So was Bergkamp, Bergkamp is a shout though. But uh, yeah, got Mesut quite Ozil. a nice like, array of players. To yeah, yeah. We've got, got a plethora, to go plethora of players. Yeah. <laughs> Right, before we uh, wrap it up... Luke was adamant we had this. We should have this section in. There was the a big thing about <laughs> okay. some Mexican aliens recently. I don't know if you've seen it. Yes, I did, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. So do you, do you think there's life out in the universe? Oh. Um, it's a pretty big place. I think what, like the first... I think it's, I believe it's the first sixth elements on the elemental table are what? Uh, are the most abundant things in the universe. Yeah, okay. Um, that's what we're made of also. So the universe is so vast and so expansive that, you know, the I, I, I wouldn't want to say no. So yeah, yeah I don't think you obviously, can say no. No, you yeah. can't. You know, there's, there's so many, like there has to be, there has yeah. to be. Right, so that's where I stand, yeah. So we're going to go for a yes on the life in the universe. But after those Mexican aliens were here, yeah? Yeah. If aliens have ever watched a football game, or you can make them watch one football game from the past, present, Ooh. which game would you pick to show them alien? I actually know mine. I, it literally just came to my head, but I'll let you go first. One game to show a foreign species. Do you know what? There's probably more iconic games, but I'll just go personal games to me. Mm. Um, it's a game that's like filled with heartbreak for me. Probably the 2000... Um, five six season i believe is it 2005 i'll just say the fa, FA cup, cup yeah, yeah the fa cup with west ham and liverpool where mm -hmm. we drew free all you spoke to um nigel rio coco about this didn't yeah you? i did yeah yeah yeah, Gerard, yeah, yeah, yeah. was it oh five oh six it's either oh four oh five or oh five oh six i can't remember the i think year 05, of my head. Six, yeah um but obviously ended with the steven gerrard rocket uh, one of the biggest like cinema games in my mm. in my life i would say i think i would show an alien yeah. that good game i was going to say the argentina france world cup final yeah. that just happened yeah, Mbappe that was almost written like a script, wasn't it? That was, I mean, and then you'd just be like, "That guy there, Messi, he is one of you." Yeah, not, yeah. he's not one of us. <laughs> you find out where he came from. <laughs> yeah, he's an alien as but well. Yeah, oh, I mean, for me, if I went personal, it'd be the playoff final. But if I wasn't to go it's personal, if I wasn't to go personal, I would go maybe uh, Spurs Ajax in the Champions oh, the League. Lucas Moura goal was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that game. was pretty outrageous. That was late. Hate that you pick Spurs, but yeah, yeah, no, enough. but that was a brilliant <laughs> game. I'm, I'm sure there's hundreds nah, yeah, of others. 100%. I mean, if you guys want to let us know, you can show an alien one football game, past, present. What would you pick? Yeah, but yeah, um, Jamie, thank you Plus. very much for coming on. 
we do really appreciate your time. Do you want to plug anything before you, 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 you head off? Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, you can find me all over the Copper 90 socials. If you don't know what Copper 90 is, it's C-O-P-A-9-0. Um, on my channels, I'm just Jamie Talks. So It'll all be me. down in the uh, description. So yeah, yeah check yeah. him out. His, quality, his stuff is quality. And yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks yeah. for coming on. No, thank you guys for watching. Uh, it's been a brilliant, brilliant episode. We thoroughly enjoyed having. Thanks to all the new subscribers as well. We've uh, had a bunch of new subs recently, and we love all of you. Yeah, it's been great. Um, but yeah, guys, make sure you do like, comment, and subscribe. Let us know down below your thoughts and opinions on everything we have discussed today. And yeah, it's been board draw, episode number sixty-three. I think so. We think, and it's live. <laughs>